The reading this morning is from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 to 20. But among you there must not be any, must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath come down, comes down on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what is disobedient to do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I began to look at this passage in preparation on Ash Wednesday, the day we as a worldwide church remember our fragility, the day we begin the season of Lent. Lent is the season to take things out of our lives that distract us, things that take us away from what God is wanting to tell us and show us, to fast, with the aim being in taking away, we are left with more. I have a love-hate relationship with Lent and Advent, to be honest. I approach these seasons with weighty anticipation that the approaching weeks are going to be the time I become much, much more Christ-like in everything that I do, everything I say, everything I feel, everything I talk, everything I eat, in my whole being. You might say I'm full of good intentions and you would be right, but I always leave these seasons with a burden of guilt, the guilt that I've just wasted away the weeks. I think our passage this morning has something to tell us about intentions and actually something more importantly, to tell us about how to live with intentions, but not live with the guilt of unfulfilled good intentions. Before we start looking and diving into our passage, would you pray with me? God, we thank you that your word is living. 
that these words that we look at this morning that were written thousands of years ago are alive for us today. Might you speak into our lives. Each one of us here and collectively as we sit together, we wait on you. Amen. The dictionary definition of intentional is done on purpose or deliberate. Intentional has become a bit of a buzzword recently, with the narrative being, don't waste a day of your precious life, therefore, live intentionally. I live in a generation that wants their life to matter so badly. But I actually believe every generation wants their life to matter. This week I heard of a good friend of mine who was just about to start a really exciting new part of her life, but had a sudden stroke and is now in ICU. We want our lives to matter because we know our lives are short. Grasp every day with both hands. We want our lives to matter because we know that each day is a gift. And we're sold that the remedy is intentional living. But I don't know if I actually believe that. As I reflect on my friends in ICU, I can't see much justice in this new adventure being snatched from her. And when I think about grasping every day with both hands, I'm filled with dread that I'll oversleep or worry and waste away the day. So what does intentional living mean for us as children of light, as Paul calls us in our passage? I wonder if aware living is a better way of thinking about it. In contrast to intentional living, aware living is able to see the nuance of life. That sometimes we can go into a situation, a day, a relationship with the best of intentions, but something changes and we need to change with it. Aware living is slower, softer, and I feel more in step in the way that Jesus lived his life on earth. Paul calls us children of light in verse 8. It says, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. The calling we have as people who are and bring light we see in our passage is one that should bring light into relationships, one that should bring light in the way that we speak, and one that, we, that brings light in the way that we witness. Light brings things into focus. Light helps us to see, and light makes us aware of our surroundings. The first part of our passage, if you want to look with me, we're going to be going through it together. Our passage begins with this list of sev pretty severe vices, sexual immorality, impurity, greed, obscenity, foolish talk, and coarse joking. And the judgment on these is just as severe and hard-hitting, God's wrath. You might look at the list, as I did, and brush past it, saying it's just Paul being a bit extreme again and trying to scare the church in Ephesus. Phew, that doesn't matter to us. We can just go on to the nice bits. But I think it's important for us to sit with this, 
these couple of verses at the start because I think they're trying to say something important to us. Because the list is actually all actions that belittle and degrade relationships. Our culture tries to fool us and think that relationships don't matter. We're sold the idea that people are for meeting our needs and when and what we feel is much more important than what the other person feels. People and relationships are sold as a commodity. And Paul's culture was the same, and that's what he was speaking out against. But I think he's speaking out against our culture. It says in verse 6, let no one deceive you. I think Paul is saying, be aware of how you act and who you are in relationships. Do not be fooled that relationships are there for your own gratification. They're not. Relationships, whether that be sexual or a quick chat in the street, are places to remain a child of light. This doesn't just happen. In relationships, we need to be aware or intentional to act slower, invest more, and stop trying to juggle lots of people. Later on in verse 6, we come to the punishment bit. We come to the bit when it says that God's wrath will come upon us if we do these vices. As I was reading some commentaries, one commentary stood out to me. It said that God's wrath is built into creation itself. I've been thinking about that. The wrath of God is not something that's out there waiting to strike us down. It's actually something that separates us from our true self found in Christ's spirit living in us. Therefore, if we have relationships that are dysfunctional, then we will feel an unease in who we are. There is a disconnect from what we were created to be. If we have a disconnect with others, then we have a disconnect with God as well. We are to be children of light in our relationships. Light brings things into focus. Light helps us to see. Light makes us aware of our surroundings. Where are you bringing things into focus? Where are you helping people to see? Where are you making people aware of their surroundings in the relationships that you hold? It has been claimed that women speak 20,000 words a day. That's some 13,000 words more than an average man. There you go. I found it on the internet. It must be true. <laughs> we all speak a lot. Granted, some more than others. Speech is a powerful tool. It can build someone up and it can tear someone down. We all know this. Verse 8 to 14 of our passage doesn't say much explicitly about speech. But as I read it, I came to thinking that actually speech is a key way we are children of light. Paul speaks of goodness, righteousness and truth. These are most definitely in our actions, but they're also in our speech. Rabbi Joseph Tilushkin, author of Words That Hurt, Words That Heal, speaks about the powerful and negative impact of words. 
He often goes round and asks people if they can take a challenge. The challenge being not speaking about anyone else for 24 hours. And he says if people say and admit that they can't do that for 24 hours, then he gives them a warning. He says to them, if, you can't, if we, somebody was to not be able to go 24 hours without alcohol, they would be an alcoholic. If somebody wasn't to go without 24 hours without drugs, they would be a drug addict. If you're not to go 24 hours without talking about somebody else, then you have no control over your speech. I wonder if being aware of speech is a way forward. We are all children of light. Live in it. Be aware of the speech we use and how we use it. Are we building people up? Are we talking well of each other? Are we potentially, more importantly, not speaking? when it is important for the words we, are going, we were going to use to not be spoken. We are to be children of light in our speech. Light brings things into focus. Light helps us to see. Light makes us aware of our surroundings. Our last section starts with verse 15, saying, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. It feels like Paul is really rallying up the troops by now. There's no messing about. The days of evil are coming, so be serious. I think he's saying be serious about our witness. By witness, I don't mean telling people the gospel, and I don't mean just uttering Jesus' name in a coffee shop. I mean when we're allowing ourselves to be children of light in every and all aspects of our lives. The witness we are is to be one of light, it's to be one that is modeled on the life of Jesus, who in, who in all his actions, words and life was loving and kind. The light of our witness will be compelling testimony of who Jesus is. It will compel both people who know Jesus and people who don't know Jesus. Verse 19 and 20 are specific to how we are children of the light and the way that we speak within the church. I know for me, this is a real challenge. I struggle with how I act towards people within the church because I approach these relationships with a different standard which often leads to me not being loving and kind. Paul is saying, speak to each other about who and what God is in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Don't just make up nice things to say to each other. Don't just say false things to please each other. Speak to each other about who God is. Being an intentional witness is for within and out with the church walls. It is the way we bring the love and kindness of Jesus through his spirit working in us to each person we meet. We are able to be whole life witnesses. This, as the other points, does not mean a striving and a stretching. It means an awareness of how and what we are doing and how and what we are bringing light into. 
We are to be children of the light in our witnesses. Light brings things into focus. Light helps us to see. Light makes us aware of our surroundings. Aware living is not striving living. It's raising our awareness as children of light in our relationships, in our speech, and in our witness. But the only way we can do this and not be consumed with guilt and failed intentions is to be filled with the spirit of Jesus. The Greek translation of this is be being filled. It's a continual filling, be being filled, be being filled, be being filled. Not a once and for all, every, but it's an everyday filling. For me, I need to hear this as I struggle badly with having many failed good intentions and the guilt that comes with that. I need to know that this is not down to me being better, me being holier, me being nicer. It is about me allowing and being open to the spirit working, prompting, challenging and encouraging me in my life. As children of light, might we bring focus. Might we help people to see. Might we make people aware of their surroundings in the relationships we hold, in the words that we speak, and in the witness we bring. Amen.